0: All right, cool. So we're going to get started. It's officially, you know, 10 minutes past the whole motto. Start late and early. That's what we try to do for you guys here. Um, It's a good, good thing. But I wanted to welcome you guys to the final MTL of 2017. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about 2018 and what's ahead. A couple of quick announcements. Um, We still have more of those tumblers in the back. So if you don't have one yet, it's yours. Take it with you. If you want to fill out a slip to get emails or text reminders, sign up for that as well. Um, it's easy to do, and we'll just like send some stuff out to you. We're trying to, in the year of 2018, to even send out some good stuff for you. You know, like I don't know. I find like random videos. I have students send me things, and and I try and like put that back out there and pass it on. So hopefully, you know, once a month we'll send one of those out, but. Always the reminders, always the reminders. I've learned, and you've spoken and told us. Text us, tell us, email us the day of. Please let us know. Um, that's just our culture, I guess. But anyway, thank you guys for coming tonight. Thank you guys for showing up throughout the year. I was thinking about MTL just like the past year, because coming up in May, it's going to be three years um, that we've actually been doing MTL. So that's pretty crazy in and of itself, I thought. But me going up, growing up in the Christian tradition... I was reminded of a verse from the Bible this morning when I was thinking about MTL. And it's this whole verse that basically says, don't give up meeting together, right? Um, And it says, because when you meet together, you can spur one another on in good deeds and works of love. And nowadays, I'm finding it harder and harder to meet with groups of people. I don't know if that's you too, but it's getting harder and harder. It's easier to pass on it and be like, ah, I got something going on. Or I should really catch up on my 20th hour of Netflix this week, or whatever. You know, like, It's getting easier and easier to not find yourself in groups of people. But a lot of good comes when we get together, and we talk, and we exchange, and we engage one another, and we do things. So I just wanted to say thank you guys for showing up once, 10 times, twice, whatever. Um, the other good news is MTL is officially on iTunes podcast. We're out there. It's awesome. Um, it's not the best recording cause it's this thing and I don't like trying, you know, do it up right, like, and put music with it and things, but it's just a recording of these nights. The other fun part is in the year 2018, I'm going to do some story time with uncle Phil things, um, that are in mortal life. And that's me sitting at a desk with a microphone and it's just a simple story it's all it is and it might have a slight point to it and you might get you might get something out of it that i don't know you could get out of it that's what i think is the best about these nights and some of those stories i always say things and i tell things and i'm hoping i've got this idea in my mind that i want to like pass on or give to you but then there's always that other thing that happens and it's that other thing you hear or something that happens in you and I didn't know that was going to happen. You didn't know that was going to happen, but it did. And I love that kind of magic. So, Storytime with Uncle Phil will be happening, and perhaps that magic will happen for you out there. Anyway, on to tonight. The title of this night's talk is called To Bam or Not to Bam. And right away you're thinking what is Bam? But we'll get there later. To Bam or Not to Bam. Now, parents in the room, I think you can feel my pain. <laughs> I hope you can. When you've given your kids chores, or you've asked them to do the laundry, or wash the dishes, and maybe they say, yeah, 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 I'll take care of it. And then you kind of go away for a little while. And it's either like you come back to see if the job's done, or you're just merely checking in. And it, it seems that they've finished because they're not doing it anymore. <laughs> However, the job that they did wasn't quite there, right? So like my son, if I ask him to do the laundry. He's a freshman, he knows how to do the laundry. In fact, we told him he has to do his own laundry. That's like one of the rules of having his own room now, right? He graduated up, gets his own space, but we're like, "But now you do your laundry." So he does the laundry, he puts things in the di- in the washer and in the dryer really well, sometimes they don't come out so well, right? They stay in there. If they do make it out, and by chance, random chance, that they do get folded, like then they're like just on a couch or on a bed. They're not put away, right? So parents in the room can feel my pain. Employers in the room can certainly feel my pain, right? When, and, and anyone who's ever managed another person You can feel the pain. You understand what it means to do a job like halfway or sort of, but not all the way. So I'm going to write this up on the board here tonight, because this is where we're going to begin. This is going to be the middle. And this is a term that students introduced me to when I moved to this county, because I didn't know it existed, to be honest. So for all of you tuning into the podcast, I wrote the word half ass on the board. When you do something and you try to do it, but it's not all the way and it's not done correctly or the job isn't finished, it's not executed, all the students would be like, oh, yeah, Phil, that's half-assing it. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's half-assing it. Now, if you've ever experienced this pain, and I'm sure many of you in the room, none of you guys half-assing it, Right, 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 right. I'm not talking to that crew. Now, if you've ever experienced that, you've also encountered the unexpected. the unexpected is when you come into a situation, and you're literally expecting the letdown, the disappointment. You're expecting (coughs) half-ass. I've come into places, and that's what I'm fully expecting. I left students in charge of this, or my boys, or I told these people to do that, and I'm walking away thinking, never. (laughs) It's not going to happen. I'm going to come back. And I'm going to have to boom, 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 boom. And then I go away. And I come back. And lo and behold, it's totally done. It's entirely accomplished. And in fact, it might even be more. And I'm shocked. And I'm like, in, I mean, it's like, what just happened? You were supposed to let me down. You didn't do it. Whoa, what is going on? I don't even know how to take it sometimes when I'm in that situation. So if we're going to continue with this whole idea here, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking, actually, with this guy alumni who's living out in LA. And I was like, so if we have this gauge, if we have this system of measurement, and half ass is in the middle, what's at the top? And he was like, well, it's got to be full ass. <laughs> Or he thought it should be whole ass. And so this is the top. So we've got this nice system of measurement going. It's like when you exceed expectations and you deliver and you do it, and you do it to the top of your ability, and you accomplish it, and you succeed, it's like full ass or whole ass. Now, I've never heard anybody say that before, but um, I give you guys full, I mean, no copyright. You guys run with it. Take it, make it happen. So if you imagine this is like a gauge, this is like your system, maybe it's like gears that you function in, right? So you're in this gear, but you kick it up to this gear in some circumstances and stories and contexts. Or maybe you just operate at one of these. Maybe that's kind of your mentality or your approach to what's going on. Me, I don't know how I wound up with a good work ethic, but I did. I honestly don't know how it happened. I mean, my dad's a hard worker, um, but I didn't even really have a job in high school. My dad was like, be a kid. Here, I'll pay for your gas, I'll pay for your insurance. Like, Silas, you're gonna pay for your gas and your insurance. But, (laughs) like, it was just one of those things. Like, my dad did that for me. And I watched him work, and he's definitely done labor his whole life. Um, But I wound up with a good work ethic, high standards. So much so that my oldest son, who I just made a jab at, in first grade, he had to make a family crest shield thing. And they were supposed to put like mottos on there. What's your family motto? Um, what does your family believe in? Like what are some strong attributes and characteristics of your family? And he put some things on there. I can't even remember what he wrote on there, but he wrote a sentence underneath that has stuck with me forever. And he said, my family will do whatever it takes to get the job done. We'll stay up all night (laughs) if we have to. (laughs) Like, he literally wrote that down, because he's seen Ann and myself stay up all night. By the time he was in first grade, he was picking up on this. And he was noticing exactly what's going on. Now, what's interesting to me is, I took a job that literally had no job description. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before. So I worked a job that had no job description, and I'm not kidding around. You think, no, it had one. No, it didn't. I was hired, I was paid, and I was verbally directed and instructed about what I should do. Crazy. And so I run with it from that point. And some of you are sitting in right now, and you're not like smiling. I'm looking at all your faces. But a few of you in your mind, you're thinking, best job ever. That's what you're <laughs> thinking. You're like, I know you. And I'm going to talk about you in a second. You're thinking, that's the best job ever. For me, it was awful. It was so tough. I didn't have a job description that I could look to. Drew, I didn't find... <laughs> I told him beforehand, I don't know what's going on in this room, but those lights are going to keep going off just like that. And Drew's our guy. Yeah! All right. I didn't know what to do. In a sense, like... I I knew a direction to head, but I didn't have any steps. I didn't have any measurement. I didn't have any way to say, like, "I'm, I'm on top of my job. I'm on top of my game. All I had was what was in my own head. And my own head said, do more, do more, do more, do more. You're not there. Keep trying. Do more. Do it better. Do it better. And so this lack of a job description, I mean, it's a new category. It'd have to be. Over full ass, or like more. Like, I'm like way up here and I'm working my ass. That's what it should be, working your ass off. That's what it should be. It should be up here and like <laughs> full ass and a half. Yes, I like it. I like it. That's what I'm doing. And it was killing me, killing me. This lack of just a description that I could hold myself accountable to and that they could also hold me accountable to, right? Clear simple description. Give me guidelines. Give me steps. Give me jobs. I don't care. Something. Now, the way that I think, I'm going to put this out here. I have to bam or not to bam. I saw this picture in Morocco in this George Washington Academy. I went in and I saw this school motto, all it takes is all you've got. And I thought, man, that's a lot. Like, These poor students, like, right? That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, all it takes is everything that you have. That's what I was feeling like without this job description. I was like, man, it's taken everything out of me. And I wish I could kind of be the person who would half ass it, but I'm not. It's not my mentality, it's not my DNA, it's not who I am, right? So I'm thinking, all right, if there's something. If, if that drive is in me, and if I exist, like all good comic books, they're going to say, well, if this version's out there, then this opposite version's out there. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Unbreakable. I know a few people in the back row have. Uh, my man M. Night, he makes some really good movies and writes some really great things. He he. He made this film called Unbreakable. And it's all about this one guy discovering that he has superpowers. And the way that he discovers he has superpowers is because he encounters his opposite. And his opposite is on the search for his opposite. So you have these two polar opposites. So if full ass is out there, and whole ass is out there, and half ass is out there, we're going to swing down here real fast. This is bam. Has anybody figured it out? Yeah. Bare ass minimum. Bare ass minimum. (laughs) That's what this is. Oh, yes. Did I spell this right? Minimum. It's so hard when you're in front of people to spell on boards. So we've got this gauge. We've got these gears that you can operate in. The bare ass minimum. And I kind of put it up here really quickly. Definition by Phil. That's me. BAM stands for bare ass minimum. And when you BAM something, your heart is not in it. When you're BAMing things, like it just doesn't, your head, your heart, your soul, your spirit, it's it's just not there. And I was thinking, man, if if there's like the overachievers out there, there's also someone who's going to say, no job description? Sign me up. (laughs) Right? Like, so wait, so you don't have anything to hold me accountable to? This is gonna be a good ride. (laughs) Cause like I can kind of meander my way through this job and I can act like I'm doing something. And when you come to me and ask me what I'm doing, I'll say a couple things, but you've got nothing. You didn't give me anything to hold me accountable to. So I can just really kind of do whatever. I can slide by, skate by with the bare ass minimum. Now, this is the way my brain works. I'm so glad you guys showed up to listen to this. I was thinking about these things, and I was thinking about all the stuff that really matters in my life. Like every time I get to the end of a year and I'm staring a new year in the face, I start thinking about stuff that really matters, the stuff of life that I care about, right? Because over the past year, I've gotten really distracted. <coughs> it happens every year when I find myself here again. The end of December, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I've been a little distracted this year. Looking towards next year, and I'm thinking about the things that I care about and the things that I want to do. And honestly, the majority of the important stuff in my life I've found has zero job description with it. It's crazy. Like, I have to have a job. I mean, if you guys were given the opportunity to not have one, I mean, <laughs> like right, like I have to have a job. I I need to make some money. I'm I'm gonna also be passionate about some things. But for me, the stuff of my life that really matters, it just doesn't have a job description. And I find that so fascinating because when you don't have a clear vision or a clear description, it can be easy to bam it. Real easy to bam for me. So I think of my life, and I'm thinking about like one of the things right now, probably the two things I'm most like, passionate about that I would get to the end of this year, and I'm like, oh, next year I want to make more time for. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I find that at the end of every year, I, I can say that. <laughs> right? I look back and I'm like, oh, man, really screwed up there. I would love to do this better. And so I say, oh, better husband, better dad. No job descriptions attached to either of those things, though. And so before long, I can get into the groove of just going through a year, and I find myself being this kind of overachiever, but I find myself being attracted to things that have descriptions, things that keep me accountable, things that I can have like a clear sense of, like, here's what I do, here's what I don't do. And I kind of get the pat on the back every now and then. And it, and it, and it seems like that. But over here, it's these things that like, aren't as clear. And sometimes I don't even find the time to sit down to say, like, well, what does it mean? When I say I want to be a better husband and a better dad, what does that mean? I just say, well, I want to do that. But I don't like, flesh it out. I don't kind of like, create any kind of vision, any kind of like, picture I'm working toward, what that really looks like for me. I could say, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better brother. Um, for some of you, like it, it might actually be your job, the thing that you want to be better at, the thing that you want to like, be like, you know what? It's kind of half-assing it this year. <laughs> what would it mean to kick it up a notch? What would that look like for me? Now, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking back to like why I find myself in the middle of that system or like why I find myself down at the bottom, the baming point. And I think mine is like a problem. I have this yes problem. Like it's a severe yes problem. Some people have like committal issues, you know, they're like, "Oh, you just can't commit." Mine's like I overcommit. You know, in so many ways. And I find myself saying yes to so many things. And before I know it, I can't give my attention, my head, or my heart to everything I've said yes to without bamming it. Right? Otherwise, there would be nothing left of me. Like you just feel totally and utterly empty. So mine's a yes problem most often. I have to start finding ways to say no so that I can actually kick-it-up-notch is where I want to and where I need to. When I say I'm going to be a better fill-in-the-blank, that means I'm going to have to say no to a couple of these things that I was already bamming anyway and just let them go. (laughs) And then I'm going to be able to give at least half of myself to these other things. Definite yes problem standing in front of you tonight. I have it. Hi, my name's Phil. I have a yes problem. It's for real. It's it's 100% for real. One of the other things is, though, and this is where I want to kind of go with you, and we will end early. It's only 6 30. I've got the clock right over here. No clear description of the thing that I really care about. No clear idea or picture of what that looks like. There is no job description. And so I throw myself into other things, other things that are clear other things that make sense and that they're laid out for me. So what I want you guys to think about tonight, what I was hoping to do through this talk, lots of us are bamming things. And we're expecting like really solid results out of it. I mean, it might be all that you've got at this point in you because your plate is so full. It might be because you don't have a clear description but I just wanted to encourage you to not bam some things in your life. Relationships are a huge one. If you're bamming a relationship, it's not really going to go anywhere. You can't bam relationships and expect them to grow or be cultivated or to, like, enrich you or the other person. You can't do it. It's not how the dynamics work. There's a lot of other things, too. And I hope that, like, as I'm talking tonight, you're pulling up some things in your life, and you're saying, oh my god, yeah, I feel like I've been bamming that. Maybe I should kick that up a notch. So simply, I want to take the next, like, five minutes, and I'm going to have you guys think. I'm going to walk you through something. And the first thing is, I'm not going to play any music, though, so we'll have some awkward silence. Is that okay? Okay. guys can just look up at the ceiling. Um, I would ask you to just think about the year 2017. You look back over the year of 2017 and you're thinking about just on a daily basis with the things in your life that you've said yes to, I wonder what gear you felt like you were operating at. If it shifted, if it went up and down, I think it's important to know sometimes, like, I I definitely operated at this gear when I was doing fill-in-the-blank. I, like, kicked it up a notch always. And that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. Like, with my job and the zero job description, I was kicking it up to this notch and more. And it took, like, people in my life saying, Phil, (laughs) back off. Like, slow down. Like, you don't have to go that hard for this thing. It was an internal issue of my own that was pushing me to do that. But what gear did you operate at? And looking back over the year of 2017, if you get a chance when you get home tonight or before we hit the new year, I would encourage you to write down a list of the important things to you the important things to you, the stuff of life that you feel like really matters. Those things, what are they? Are they three? Are they five? Are they 20? What are they? Put those things down on a list and think back to the year 2017 and say, okay, in each of those things, where was I on the gauge? What gear was I in last year with those things? Where was it? You think ahead to the year 2018, and you say, where would I like to be? Where would I want to function on that gauge? Where would I want to be with those things that I feel like truly matters to me? Then, if you can even take it a step further, you could say, "Like, what are just a couple of ways, a couple of steps, a couple of things I could do that would help me kick it up a notch or take it down a notch? What are a couple of things that I can do? And maybe you're like me and you can't really wrap your head around sometimes the steps that get you there, but you can know the direction. If you're like me, I would just encourage you to say, okay, in the year 2018, I want to be a better dad. For me, I'm not going to be able to list like 10 things that would make me a better dad. I can't do that. My wife can do that. (laughs) She's great at that kind of thing. If... I sat down, I would have to create a picture of what that battered dad looks like. Almost like a story for me, you know? It's like not steps, it's just a rounded picture. And I'm gonna encourage you to take that last step to even write down a few things you could do or to kind of create that picture or vision. Because as you start going through the year, you can get easily distracted, easily pulled in lots of ways. And if the stuff you care about doesn't have a description, make one for the stuff that matters. Try and come up with that picture for yourself so you can try and hold yourself accountable to the picture. And hey, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody close to you, someone that you trust, someone that you can actually have speak into your life. There I go again. And like kind of call you on some of it, right? I always look at my life, and I've always told students for the longest time, I always ask the question, am I, am I living a good story? Am I living a good story? The answer is, for me is almost always yes. And then I ask another question. And ask, but could it be better? Could I grow in different ways at the age I'm at now, with, with like my current story? What ways can I be challenged and what ways can I grow? And I feel like this, for me, is a good way to think about it. Because I keep bumping up into the fact, like, when I come home from work and I'm tired, like I want to bam everything. Like, I mean, seriously. You know what I mean? You hit those points and you're like, bam that, bam you, bam this. It's like, <clears throat> screw it. Like, I'm done. But I need some clear pictures. Honestly, like I don't want to live every life bam and everything and everybody. Like, it's just not like the way I want to go. But I've had weeks where I do it. Dang. Definitely, definitely weeks where I do it. And it helps to have an idea. And sometimes we don't carve out the time. We don't make the time. Because we say, oh, there's not enough time. You give the time to the things that you give it to. There's always been 24 hours in a day. I hate that. It's never going to change. It sucks. But it's just the way it is. And so sometimes you need to carve out a space, and you've got to think, and you've got to say, all right, 2018, I half-assed a lot of last year. In that circumstance, I think I was, I think I was full assing it, that one. I was definitely bamming it. Next year? I want to be a little bit more intentional with these three things because these three things really do matter to me. But looking back at last year, if you looked at my life, I don't know that you would say to me that they mattered to me. And so this next year, I want to be a little bit more intentional. And so these three things, I'm going to write them down. I'm going to keep them. I'm going to put them in my wallet. I'm going to stick them somewhere. I'm going to even try and figure out a couple of steps that I can take to get me closer to those things, small ways that I can grow. I mean, I talked about forgiveness. Like, I went on way too long at More to Life about forgiveness because I was having issues. (laughs) And one of my things was, man, if I can just wish that that person isn't dead, (laughs) that's going to be a victory for me. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm talking, like, small steps, That's a pretty small step, but it was a huge step for me at the same time. So what are the small ways you can grow? Maybe you can also find some bigger ones. That's cool, too. But I would encourage you to write it down. Create a picture. Create something that you can go back to, and you can say, here's my description for 2018 about the things I care about so I don't get stuck bamming anything that I really, really care about had lots of conversations with people this past year. And it's interesting to me to see where we get stuck. Where we get stuck. And where you can feel like you're not really putting anything in and you're not really getting anything back and it's just not a good place sometimes when it comes to the things you honestly and genuinely care about. And for me, it so much of it is relationships. So much of it is relationships. There's so many people that I care about and people that care about me, and I watch other people and how they interact and the things that they go through, and, and you can just see it on people's faces when they're, when they're banning each other, and they want it to go somewhere, and they want to connect, and they want to be intentional, but sometimes a lot of other stuff can get in the way. They said yes to too much, There's no clear picture, and you just find yourself doing it. So with that said, we're pretty much there. I wanted to thank you guys for coming to the last MTL of 2017. I really, genuinely appreciate um, all of your feedback, all of your stories, um, just your presence here in this place to consider, to reflect, to adventure inward into who it is you are. And um, it means a lot to a lot of people. So thank you again for showing up. We've got dessert. I want you to grab dessert. And then I'm I'm just going to make a simple plug for one book. Is that okay? One book. Um, I don't know if any of you are readers. I try to be. But um, sometimes books just get tossed on a shelf. And you're like, yeah, I'm still reading that one. Just really slow. Um, it's been a couple years, you know, (laughs) but I put it out there in an email, but I want to verbally say it out loud to you guys. There's a book called Necessary Endings. I've recommended this book at least a hundred times in the past year. It's by a guy named Henry Cloud. His last name is Cloud. Um, he's a psychologist and he wrote this book Necessary Endings because he feels like, We don't do endings well as a species. (laughs) We don't understand that things can end and sometimes should so that we can move on to new things that will give us life. And he writes about it from kind of a business perspective because he deals with a lot of CEOs, and he talks about them transitioning out of their jobs and starting up new companies and all of these kinds of things. But when you read the book, it translates so well into your personal life. You almost don't have to think about it at all. Like you're just reading it and he talks about it in such a way that you're like, "Oh, man, yes. Yes, I totally I get it." And he talks about when we hang on to things for too long, you know? And like how easy it is when you're neglecting an ending and it's coming, you can so easily shift to this gear and be at the bare-ass minimum, and you can be there for a long time, and it's simply because we didn't acknowledge that there's a new beginning somewhere and that there's something else to move on toward. So Henry Cloud's the author, and it's called Necessary Endings. If you want a book for 2018, it's a good one. It's a good one. It'll make you think a lot, and you won't end everything. (laughs) You won't. I promise. I promise. Like you'll just realize and appreciate the things that are like amazing and the things that are like making you thrive. So, thank you again for being here tonight. Grab some dessert, say hello to people, and make sure if you're a Sky alumni, you give me a hug and Ann a hug before you leave. Um, and we will be back in January. Sixteenth. So the last announcement that I didn't make at the beginning was we're switching to Tuesdays. Don't tell me if you hate that. It came from the survey. I know, I know, I know. It came from the survey. So in January, for the rest of the year, it'll be on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7. Same time, same place, different day, based on the survey monkey thing we sent out. Um, We got the results in. That's it. Take tumblers, get out of here. We love you guys. Enjoy the New Year's Eve. We'll see you next time.